Hello, everyone. Hi. Awesome. Um, sorry, I wasn't expecting us to have one song and then me. Um, <clears throat> cool. Um, I'm going to pray for us, if that's okay. Um, Father God, I just thank you that tonight um, we get to declare with our lips and with our hearts that you, um, you have a name that is above every name. That you have no rival, you have no equal, God. And it is a privilege to be called a Christian because we get to worship Christ. And that is such a beautiful name, God. You have such a powerful name, the name of Jesus. So I pray that we won't take it for granted, um, even if we've heard that name as soon as we were born or if we were raised in a Christian family. No matter how many times we've heard the name of Jesus and about the person of Jesus, I pray that you would soften our apathetic, hard and complacent hearts, God. And that tonight you would help us to have a renewed love for you. You would make our love for you new again because you are worthy, because you are alive, because you are the Lord of all creation and we want to worship you. So I pray for all of us, wherever we're at, if our minds or our hearts are distracted, God, I pray that in this next hour or however long, God, you would still our hearts. If there's stress or anxiety or just distractedness, God, still our hearts. Help us to be like Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his words, God. And I pray that Tonight, you would speak through me, that it wouldn't be my words, but it would be your words, and that your words would take root in people's heart. Um, it would be like seed that is falling on good soil that can bear fruit a hundred times fold, God, that things would click in our heart and our mind that would start to make sense, God, and that we would be renewed by a fresh understanding of our God-given purpose. And God, we believe that you will work powerfully in the next however long. And we pray for you to do so. And we wait expectantly. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I really like that song. The band did a really good job. And I, yeah, it's really beautiful. Anyways, so, welcome to talk two out of three. And this time, I won't be tag teaming with Brendan. You'll just see myself. And my talk title is, it's all about, oh, you can't see it. Okay, well, in this white space over here next to the word all is the word about. All about you, slash, crossed out, and it says Jesus, but it looks like it just says Jesse. But you guys know what I mean. You guys know what, use your imaginations. I'm sure you're all very creative. Um, so in our society, the common message that we all get about our purpose or what we live for is you. It's all about you. What do you want? What are your UI preferences? What do you want to have for dinner? What do you what colour do you like to wear? What what's your most favourite, you know, person to follow on Instagram? What's your most favourite subject? Everything's about you. And often, even if we don't acknowledge it. We tend to think that 
everything revolves around us and what we like. But if you read the Bible, and as I said this morning, it's not actually about us. So tonight I want us to zoom out because in order to understand what our purpose is as individuals, we have to understand what the purpose of this whole earth and this whole universe is actually for. So I'm going to play a video which will hopefully work. So ignore the eyeball in the end. That's supposed to be like God's eyeball. Oh, it's the wrong. No, it's playing. Oh. Thanks, Michael. Um. Anyway, so the point of that was to show that K- 
Compared to the universe, we are like a speck of dust. So it's actually insane for us to think that all of that that we just saw, it just kind of keeps going, right? It's like, oh my gosh, when is it going to stop? Um, it's kind of insane for us to think that all of that it revolves around us, which is like, oh yeah, I don't think that. But sometimes we actually live as if it, we do think that. So I would like us to turn to Colossians 1, starting from verse 13. So it says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. I'm going to stop there. So if we soak in this passage a bit more, it's saying that there is nothing in this world that hasn't been created through and for Jesus. Everything, all of that we saw, you included, have been created through him and for him. So whether that's big cosmic things like that or if it's school, clothing, friends, all of that has been for Jesus. And so if we compare the two possible things this universe could be about, you or Jesus, let's have a look at why Jesus is so important. And my question to you guys is, can you claim any of these qualities? So in verse 15, it says that he's the image of the invisible God, which means that we don't know what God looks like because he's invisible, but when you look at Jesus, you know what he looks like. Can Can that be the same as for us? So in the Bible it says that God is love, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. And I don't even need to continue for myself to know that I, like, I, I'm those things. Like, as in, I'm not those things, sorry. I am jealous, I am boastful and proud, and I'm not patient sometimes. And let's keep going. In verse 16, it says that everything has been made through him. And when you look at like trees and the plants and the oceans and the earth, they were definitely not made through me. I mean, the proudest moment of anything I've ever made was probably like some sketches I did for my HSC, but that's about it. I can't claim any of that other creation stuff. And in verse 17, it says that he existed before anything else. When, oh, it's a bit hard to ask guys, but think about what year you were born. I was born 
1996, which means that there was a whole 1,996 years of stuff in the universe before I was born. Versus Jesus, he existed before anything else. In verse 17, he also holds all creation together. I don't know about you guys, but I can't even hold my life together, let alone everything in the universe. So I think that's pretty amazing. In verse 18, he's also the head of the church. Um, The church throughout history and time, not just your local church, not just CABC, but the head of the church. Can any of you guys claim these qualities? Probably not, and neither can I. So actually, it's almost foolish to think that the purpose of creation or your life is all about you. The universe is so much bigger and God is so much bigger. And actually your purpose is so much bigger than just for yourself. And when you realise that everything is for Jesus, it changes your perspective. For example, how you see study. Study is not just about you anymore. It's actually you do it as an act of worship for God. And Brendan's going to talk a bit more about what that looks like practically in his talk tomorrow. Um, So it's not just that everything was designed for Jesus at the beginning, but that everything will actually be under him at the end. So the trajectory of the whole universe is actually to be under the rule of Jesus. And when you know the end of something, it shapes how you live now. An example for you is, so why did you have to learn the ABCs when you're in kindergarten or year one? Why did you have to learn that one plus one equals two? Because the trajectory of your whole schooling career, this is one perspective by the way, is so that you can ultimately sit your HSC in year 12 and get your 99.95 ATAR and just do really well in life. So your whole schooling career works towards the end goal is one thing at the end, which is to sit your agency and face it. Another example is if you know you're going to an all-you-can-eat buffet at night, for example, you may, if you're like Asian like me, somewhat starve yourself until the meal happens at night so you can make the most of that buffet, right? Does anyone do that or is it just me? Awesome. I have a few buddies over here and over there. Um, Because it doesn't make sense, say before you go to a buffet, if you're going to just like pig out somewhere else. Because then you're just like wasting your money and like why bother, you know? So my point is that when you know the end of something, that shapes how you live and act now. So in the same way, in Ephesians 1.10 it says, and this is the plan. At the right time, he, God, will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. And in Philippians 2.10, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we know that at the end, sorry, just ignore that. We know that at the end, Jesus will be Lord over everything and everything will be under his reign. So what's the comfort for us? You know, sometimes being a Christian, it feels like we're the minority. 
We're the outcasts. We're the losers. We're the people who are foolish enough to believe that there is an invisible God and we pray to him. Or are we just talking to ourselves? Like, what's the deal? Why do we waste time going to church on a Sunday, right? That can be what it looks like to society. But the comfort to us is that, no, we know the end. We know that Jesus is going to be Lord over everything and everything will be under him. And we are choosing to start that worship now. And, that, and this also means that that end goal also means that teachers, politicians, organisations, businesses, your boss, media, your friends, even people who hate God now, like ISIS, one day everyone will bow their knee down to the name of Jesus, which is why we sang, what a beautiful name at the beginning of his awesome name. Anyway, um, so the end point is worship. And that's not just about sing- singing. It's about submission to his rule and your tongue declaring his lordship. So if this is the plan of the whole universe, where does that leave you and me? And the fact of the matter, as nice and fluffy as this sounds, you know, living for Jesus, worshipping Jesus, yay, um, The truth is we don't live out our God-given purpose. And we know this from the very, very beginning of the whole of humanity. That we are guilty of not living out the purpose that God has created us for, which is for him. So in Genesis 2, 16 to 17... It said, And the Lord commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And we know the story. What Adam and Eve do is they don't do what God says, and then they sin. So maybe for you, you're like, Well, God didn't tell me to eat the apple from the knowledge of good and evil, and I didn't eat the apple. But what does sin look like for us in our lives? Sin simply means living for and worshipping anything other than God. An idol is anything that replaces God as the object of our worship, as our number one. So for different people, it will look like different things. For some of us, we might be worshipping study. We might be worshipping parents, gaming, ourselves, the approval of others, success, relationships, whether our friends or a romantic one. And we know we worship something when it's our greatest love and we live for that thing. Everything we do and say is for that thing and to gain that thing. But the problem is, as Brendan talked about in his talk, is that worshipping anything else, no matter how much money you have, no matter how many friends you have, no matter how much status you have, won't satisfy. Worshipping idols won't satisfy. And I think a personal story for me is, you know, when you're in year 12, you kind of think that the magical period after HSC will satisfy. It's like, if only I get to that point where I finish my HSC and I might get my ATAR, and then I'll be happy. And then I'll be, like, satisfied with life. But what happened for me was I finished my HSC, I got an ATAR, which I was happy with, but I still didn't feel that rest I was longing for. It's because 
Nothing can satisfy other than a deep and real relationship with God. And so the greatest barrier in not living out our God-given purpose is sin. But that's where Jesus comes in. Jesus didn't come to make our lives miserable. It actually says in John 10.10 that Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So living for Jesus starts with a relationship with him. Um, And Romans 3 says that everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood for them. So I know you guys throughout this year have been going through two ways to live. And it was really cool because I got to sit in on one of the studies. And so... I think for you guys here, maybe you've been thinking about the two ways to live. I want to challenge you, like, is that actually a decision you've made in your heart to live for God? Or where do you stand? So I'm going to repeat the two ways that um, it talks about. So we can live our way where it's all about you. We reject the ruler and God and try to run life our own way. But the result is that we are condemned by God, facing death and judgment. Or we can live God's new way, where it's all about Jesus, submitting to Jesus as our ruler, relying on Jesus' death and resurrection. And the result, being forgiven by God and given eternal life. And I think each of you have your own personal journey with God. And I want to encourage you tonight to really rethink where you sit in your relationship with God. Um, Have you chosen and decided that you want to live for Jesus? Are you kind of on the fence? Or are you, do you not want to live for Jesus? Um, And so I think for, as a response, for someone, maybe you're not, you haven't identified yourself as a Christian at this point. And maybe it's the first time you've heard that your deeper purpose is actually to live for someone called Jesus who died for you. Um, I want to encourage you to consider giving your life to Jesus. Um, for me, it was a really beautiful moment in year 10 where I was just, a lot of the times we just collect head knowledge. Oh yeah, Jesus died on the cross for us and that's cool. But I want to challenge you guys um, to allow God to make that heart knowledge. Because um, that's, that that's pretty much the highlight of my whole life so far. And for the believer, um, giving your life to God is life-changing. But one thing I've learned that is that when you're a Christian, it's not just about that one time, like five years ago, you gave your life to God. It's about a daily commitment and choice to live out God's purpose for you and live for Him. Or maybe you've been drifting or, and you know you haven't been living out your God-given purpose. Maybe you struggle with depression or anxiety or struggling with sin or something in your life that doesn't honour God. I want to encourage you to make a re- recommitment tonight and surrender those areas to him because God cares for you. 
So what I'm going to get Brendan and maybe some of the leaders, if they can help him out, is we're going to pass around some pieces of paper and some pens. And if I could get the musos to come up as well. And I want everyone to take three. And I want you to think about the areas in your life that aren't living out God's purpose for you or that you would like to surrender to him tonight. Maybe things, maybe sin that you struggle with, an idol that you feel tempted to worship. Lay it all out before God. Um, You don't need to put your name on it. Just write what it is. And then I'm going to have this plastic plate on a chair up the front. Actually, yeah, can you grab it for me? Um, And yeah, just during this next song, um, yeah, this is the magical chair of awesomeness. Um, Yeah, just think of it as a moment where between you and God, where you can lay down something, a burden that you've been carrying, and lay it before God and surrender to Him. And afterwards, we're just going to chuck out the piece of paper. Don't worry about it. Um, But... Yeah, so the thing is, if you decide to follow Jesus, it's going to be costly. It's not going to cost you nothing. Um, Because in Luke 9.23, it says this. It says, Jesus says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So... There's going to be cost in following Jesus, but it's going to be worth it because you're going to be living out your God-given purpose. How badly do you want to live out your purpose? It will take sacrifice, but it will be the most satisfying and meaningful choice you can make. So I'm going to pray for us, and then um, what's going to happen is Our lovely musos are going to sing through verse 1 and chorus by themselves. And you guys can reflect and come up and put your papers down. And then we'll sing from the top again together. Okay, I'm going to pray for us. Father God, I thank you that each of us has a deeper purpose. It's not just about the marks we get at school. It's not just about pleasing our parents. It's not just about being the most popular person or having a beautiful Instagram. It's not just about the clothes we wear and the possessions we have, God. It's not about the ATAR that we get. It's not about the uni we get into. It's not about the job that we have, God. Thank you that it's not about us at all. Thank you that we can live for something much greater, someone much greater, God. We can live for the person of Jesus who gave up his life for us, who sacrificed himself on the cross for us so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have a relationship with our creator once again and to love and to worship you just as you love us so much. I thank you that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that he is the greatest treasure that we could come across in this whole universe because everything was created by him and for him, God. And we're sorry for the times where we 
live as if it's for ourselves. We're sorry that for the times where we live for other people and other idols, God. But tonight we want to surrender those things, surrender those barriers, those sins, those struggles, God, to you. We want to say, Lord, you are our Lord. We want to worship you, our God. So I just pray for all of us and our hearts, God. Help us not to be afraid, but help us to come to you genuinely, honestly, wherever we've been or whatever we're ashamed of, whatever we're afraid of. Help us to draw near to you as your child because you love us and you are our Father. So I just pray for this moment. I pray that we would lay down our burdens and cast our anxiety onto you because you care for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the good shepherd who has laid his life down for the sheep. Thank you that we get to be safe in your, under your care, God. And God, I pray that not just now while we're young, but for the rest of our lives, we would declare that Christ is enough for us, no matter what cross you ask us to carry, God. That the world would be behind us and the cross would be before us, and we would take each step and declare to the world that He is enough and that you are worthy even if we are to lose everything else. Give us this faith and this conviction. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So you guys can write on the papers now. When you're ready, come up and our lovely muses are going to lead us and you can just listen.